Welcome to the Salty Geek Podcast. A show of four opinionated nerds talking about everything from comics to games, movies to tech, and science to TV. The first half of the show was filled with discussions of current events in the geek scene, and in the second half, we pick a topic and go with it. If you have any suggestions, feel free to shoot us a line at saltygeekpodcast at gmail.com or leave it in the comments section. Hey guys! Hey. Hi! I'm your host, Ian, aka Renegade Warrior. Hi, I'm Jez, also known as Fabricated Geek. I am Dart, also known as Misguided Musketeer. And I'm still Drake, known as Zombie of Drake. Still? Still. Are you sure? Has not changed. Are you planning yet. on changing that? No, not really. Aw. Always in motion, the future is. I just I, I just want to call you by your middle name, though. We're fun. Do you even remember my little name? Ryder. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and now the world knows. <laughs> now the world knows. I'll bleep it for you. Don't okay, worry. Thanks. Just like I didn't do anything I said I was going to do on the last podcast. Yeah, there were no farts, you know, mm. sounds. What, what, what <laughs> 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 That's a fart Delivered. sound. They, no. They, that was like really... a lame elephant. <laughs> Delivered. Dude, don't pick on the girl having an asthma attack, I need a please. straw. Does anybody have a straw? Why do you I need a straw? I can make some sick fart sounds. Let's, no. okay. let's get off the fart sounds. We are not a morning show. We're not? No. no. Shit. We're barely even a night show. It's 8.30. It's 8.30. It's 8.30. All right. Okay. So we're <laughs> recording this. This is important information that everybody needs to know. We're recording this on April 1st. It's April Fool's Day. Constant vigilance has been my motto. There's been a lot of fake news out there today. A lot of fake news. We actually had to double check everything we put up on the show today to make sure that we are using uh, in, uh, correct information. I don't even believe stuff I tell myself. Ah, well. Like everything sounds, will be okay. That sounds like a personal <laughs> problem. I don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> It'll be okay, Mark. It'll, It'll be, be okay. Dra- Thanks. It's okay. I just realized that you're telling you this on, on April 1st. Fools, yeah. See, this doesn't help. It's just self-perpetuating. <laughs> Boom, baby. Boom. Anyway. What what are the things that we made extra sure we, we, we fact-checked was, uh, well, it had to do with uh, everybody on three, one, two, three. Vikings! <laughs> So, I'm going to start out with, I have been trying to watch Vikings Season 4, and it has been so upsetting to find out that Hulu is not posting it currently. So, I'm behind and I'm not proud of that. But, I found on my newsfeed today that there was a new Viking site found in North America, specifically Canada. Originally saw this on the Washington Post, kind of skeptical, did a little research, found it in the New York Times, on CNN in the BBC, so any major news outlet is reporting this. If this is false, we are so sorry, but we have done our research. We we will addendum it, I promise. So what happened is they were looking at Canada from space. Like you do. Space. Why would you look at Canada from space? Because apparently it's really cool. So yeah, it's Canada. They're they found these there. really minor variations in the vegetation in this one area, and they're like, "Well, that's kind of weird. That probably signifies an archaeological archaeological site." Archaeological, yeah, it's a word I can say Archaeological. And so there's this team that went in and decided to go dig around a little bit. Um, Sarah Parkak was the leading archaeologist and she went in there and they dug up some stuff and found some really unusual things including some hunks of iron that did not match any of the native cultures in the area it was a technology that was completely different from what was there and all of this other oddities they're not saying definitely it was vikings but, but it's it looking like it's, it's looking Vikings. Like, I don't want to say Vikings, but, but Vikings. Vikings. Yeah. Um, so the really interesting thing about this is this is the furthest west that they have found any of the Nordic sites so it was far. About, it was about 300 miles away from the closest known site, I believe. Because mm-hmm. we all know that, you know, the Nords ended up on America before Columbus and all that nonsense. Although a long time after the natives got here, of course. Well, yeah, but that's the whole thing. They're trying to figure out if this actually is a Nordic settlement. If so, what does that mean? How long were they there? And it's just really kind of interesting. Well, and all the taglines say Vikings, and I think that's mostly to kind of catch the pop culture 
Because uh, no one cares about Nordic sites. Because nobody cares about Nordic settlements. Mm-hmm. Except for, I don't know, maybe the Nords. But uh, <laughs> Archaeologists. <laughs> Archaeologists. Yeah. But um, my, my big question is, is this actually Vikings, or is this a Nordic settlement? And what's the difference between Vikings and just Nords? With how far inland it is, I am going to say it is likely Nordic. And Drake... Explain the difference. <laughs> okay, so a lot of a lot of times you get you know people get Viking and Nord confused and mixed up, and basically it boils down to Viking is a term for people who are going out raiding, whereas you know the Nords were cheerfully willing to settle you know everywhere, you know all over you know England and Ireland and Scotland and the Orkneys and the majority um, of what up and down the French coast. Yeah, the the majority of what. The media, I'm using giant air quotes right now, terms as Vikings were actually mostly Nordic settlers. The The amount of Vikings out there was was mm-hmm. not as big so as this, uh, you might believe. All Vikings are Nordic, but not all Nordic are Vikings kind of thing? Yeah. Kind, yeah. Yeah, yeah kind of. It, uh, it's basically like saying it, that the United States is army. That's incorrect. We have an army. Yeah. We are not all part of that army. Yeah, it's right. well, it's, it's if like you saying, the draft. <laughs> Don't look at me, I'm not part of it. That's true. true. Um yeah, the the big difference is that, you know, the Vikings are the ones who showed up to loot your um church, whereas the settlers are there to just, you know, farm the land and mm-hmm. maybe you know. loot your church a little bit, but they're not into it as much as the Vikings. Like some no. casual looting on Saturdays? <laughs> some casual... Well, they are Nords, so... Um, yeah. I don't know. Is that race? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> How far into into it have they gotten with this? I mean, this is this is fr- fresh off the press. Yeah, news yeah. Right so now. it has not been confirmed to be Nordic, but that is their leading belief at this point, because, like I said, none of the native cultures in the area have any sort of this technology. So whoever it is, they're definitely foreign, you uh, could say, and it does at this point match yeah, Norse to, technology. To right. quote, to quote from the uh, article I read, the site screams for further investigation. Mm-hmm. It screams, "Please excavate me, please." please. That, that's a direct quote, guys. Is yeah. that a direct quote? Yeah, yeah. she was. That there. is a direct quote from Dark. Dr. Parkak. She, she was there earlier today. She, uh, she, <laughs> she heard it. She heard it with her own ears. We're not going into this. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. No, I'm not you can't it make me say it. Say it. <laughs> it happened. It happened. It happened. Yeah. You can't tell me it didn't happen. I saw it happen. Okay. It happened. <laughs> Sorry, guys. In joke. Um, that's not. No, that's not the in joke. The in joke is it happened. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, sorry. Only like two people are going to get that. Hi, Isaac. <laughs> okay, in, in other Viking news... Um, Ooh, there's more Viking news. There is more Viking news. Uh, so there's a group uh, preparing to cross the Atlantic in a, you know, in a replica Viking ship. Now, is this a Viking ship or a Nordic ship? This one's actually a specific Viking ship. All right. So it is what they would take on raids. Specifically, yes, th- yeah, this is... So this team is going one. to raid at the end to prove that it works, right? <laughs> Like that's part of it. They... Yep, they're gonna hook up a land. They're gonna they're gonna power up. Uh, <laughs> they're gonna land war, in New Warcraft. York City. <laughs> <laughs> Two different and raid just storm. Jokes. Just... <laughs> All right. So so the ship name is the uh, Draken Harald Hafarg, which I believe translates to uh, Harold Fairhair. Um, and they're basically planning on reliving the journey of Leif Erikson. So they'll go from. Norway to Iceland to Greenland to Vinland, aka Newfoundland. Newfoundland. That's going to be really cool. Um, Should be leaving uh, on April 24th. Who's crewing this? Volunteers, basically. There were about 4,000 applicants, of which they got 32, you know, experienced sailors. Who's funding it? Um, Obvious. I don't want to say it's aliens. I was <laughs> <laughs> oh, just with that four thousand people interested. I'm just wondering who's paying for it. Um, Expedition America or Ex- Expectation America 2016, something like that. That sounds like a super pack. Yeah, yeah it's it kind of it kind of does. If there um, is there, a super pack for nerds, how do we cash in on that shit? I don't know. Um, well, I think we have to take a boat ride. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, it actually okay. So it will be going into the Great Lakes. Huh. Wow. wow. And visiting a number of North American ports, including Toronto, Chicago, and New York City. 
right. I was right. right. So you were right. Um, you were right. Yeah. So this this is the a are coming. <laughs> this this is this is a basically a ninth century Viking ship. Jeez. Um, um, that's gonna be so cool to see. So if you watch it on Hulu, though, is it gonna you're gonna have to watch <laughs> ads first? <laughs> No, it's normally ad-free, but I don't know if this is going to be on there, because apparently Hulu doesn't like to show Vikings on time. It's because Hulu sucks. Well, uh, you can go to the visitnorway.com uh, site to see more about this. Okay. And get the, uh, is this on their tourist out. board? Yeah, no, this is on Why their wouldn't it be? <laughs> Why wouldn't I it mean, be? I mean, yeah. Would but you yeah. not cash in on that? Yeah. I, how do I join in? Like, apparently when they're going from New York to people. somewhere else, I would totally go in. Stowaway. Yeah. Hey, hey, Drake. Yeah. That's why we're going to have the Pokemon Go motorcycle gang, right? Yeah. I mean, Be fun for us. Be fun for Less us. for the people that Less we the... steal half their money from. That's true. But it's only half their money. Right. So it's not that bad. <laughs> like, if they only have one new yen or whatever left, like, it's just going to be 50 cents loss. Yeah. If they have fine. a few thousand, it might be a little worse. So they've been announcing new stuff with Pokemon Go. Um, in Japan, it's currently being field tested. Uh, they made a point to say field tested, not beta tested, because Pokemon are only found in tall grass. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hey, hey it wasn't wow. me. That was them. If there's something I learned from Jurassic Park, it's don't go into the long grass. Clever. Yeah. Uh, one of the things they're doing is, uh, in the game, the Poke Centers, where you can get um, eggs, items, other things. It's not a whole lot of info out yet, but they're going to be real-world installations, similar to the game's predecessor, Ingress. So they're going to encourage people to go to, like, public art installations, historical markers, uh, local monuments, libraries, that sort of thing. So, you know, get people playing video games, but also being in the real world and trying to trick us into learning. What? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm out. So it's sounding promising so far. I'm excited. There's going to be gyms that uh, there's three teams, red, blue, and yellow, I believe, and... uh, form a gym people have to beat all the pokemon in the gym that sort of thing so that's how they're doing the controlled areas similar to what ingress did before so 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 kind of back it up a little bit i actually don't know a whole lot about this all i know is i'm getting roped into playing it you are um tell tell me like what what's the platform what's the idea so the platform Um, is how's it all gonna work platform smartphones so this is a app-based game the idea is that it's an overlay for the real world so you actually have to move around the real world to play. You so, can only do so much from one location. Remember how you guys were really obsessed with Ingress for a few <laughs> months there? And you would like have your phone up while you were driving, and if you saw a thing, pull over to the side of the road, attack your shit, and then keep driving. By Drake. thing, you mean a cop? Like when I, <laughs> you're, you're pulling out to the side of the road to attack Why cops? Why are you attacking a cop? <laughs> no, no, no. When I saw a cop and I got my phone up while I'm driving, I put my phone down immediately so I don't get pulled over. <laughs> For those of us that have, like, a holder for our phone. <laughs> you mean a passenger? Or that. You mean wussies? Yeah. Like, yes. it's going to be like that. So, you know, you can go to a park and find some historical stuff and look around for special Pokemon. Or if you want a water-type Pokemon, you know, we'll go out to the Great Salt Lake or down to Yuba and just kind of wait around until we can possibly catch something we want so like random encounters but in real life yeah pretty much and locale based which sucks if you live out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> and you're stuck to maybe one or two types of pokemon so if you live in death valley and all you can get are charizard yeah yeah That's oh boo that oh, is kind of one nice thing about utah <laughs> is there is every different climate and biome you could want almost here mountains within like caves, two miles lakes, lakes. We don't have an Desert. ocean, but we do have salt water yeah. that nothing can live in, except for brine shrimp. Oh, my God. I'm sure there's, there's some Pokemon so that can live in there. And whales. <laughs> Magikarp. It's going to be entirely Magikarp. Maybe some whale lords. Are there going to be sexy Magikarp? I hope so. None of you All can right. see what we're doing. No. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm, no, it's I'm better sorry. that you can't see <laughs> what we're sorry doing. sorry that you don't know what the sexy Magikarp is. Now that we're going to have this cool platform that we can go out and have random encounters while we're picking up bread, uh, how are we going to get there? Uh, well, if you've got $35,000... I don't! Well, that sucks for you. (laughs) Uh, But if you do, and you were on the ball, you could have pre-registered to get a uh, Tesla Model 3. Model 3? It is a sexy-looking car. No grill, though. It really is. No grill? It doesn't need one, but it doesn't have one. All that airflow that it does. That's like complaining it's not going to ever need an oil change. Oh, no. It's like a human without a belly button, though. It just seems off. It does, kind of. 
but I get used to it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I still like it, um, just like humans without belly buttons, but... I so, don't know. How so many te- of those do you know? Don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, we're going to need to have a talk I'm after worried. this. Uh, okay, so there were, there were basically 115,000 pre-orders. It is going to be a mid-sized sedan. It's going to get about, I believe, 215 miles per charge, which isn't too bad. Jeez. It's well, it's now, better than a lot of the other offerings on. One of the really on the fascinating things about this is over half of those reservations, and it was a thousand dollars to put in a reservation, yep. depending on your currency. They were done before the reveal. No one knew exactly what the <laughs> Model Three was, except for the price point and that it it's was going to be a one. sedan. <laughs> and no one had seen it. No one knew anything besides the fact it's a Tesla. It's electric. It should get good mileage. Tesla fanboys. There were lines, like, even down in Salt Lake at the showroom, because we can't call the dealership because of reasons. Like, legal reasons. Local laws are done. Over 400 people lined up at one point down there waiting to go put in their reservations. So it's people trust when the new iPhone comes out. Yeah, but, but the iPhones, they release the specs ahead of time. Yeah, like several months beforehand, you know exactly what you're going to get in that a iPhone. A slightly smaller case with a slightly faster processor. And a slightly bigger screen. Yeah. Yeah. Although the newest one isn't, but that's another point. That's We can talk about that later. Um, yeah. so, so according to Elon Musk's Twitter, uh, the selling price with average options worked out to about 42000 each. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people are apparently going with all the <clears throat> options. So thirty five, thirty five thousand is the low end. Which does it is, come in all wheel drive? I know a bunch of their other ones do. I believe it does. Okay. I do not know for sure. Well, we don't. Who knows? They didn't really say specs. This is why I, <laughs> I almost put in a reservation last night. I held off. You can tell who here has thirty seven thousand dollars. <laughs> I don't currently, which is another reason I that held is off. That's a fair reason to hold off. Looking um, at the thousand dollars, going, do I need a refrigerator or do I want a reservation on something that's not even going to be produced until the end of twenty seventeen? Right. Uh, Musk also committed to doubling the number of uh, Tesla's public charging stations from uh, three thousand six hundred to seven thousand two hundred. Awesome. So nice. You will be able to charge your car in more places. Well, I do that is love. Useful what Elon Musk is doing and what Tesla's doing to help normalize and build infrastructure for electric vehicles, I do kind of wish that they would come out with, uh, I don't know, a more economy model. I mean, I know well, this, that... This, this is, is the this economy is model. model. I know that 42000 is economy for some of you people. Base well, it's for Tesla, it's 35. economy. <laughs> but, and like, when I look at cars, like, the most that I look at is maybe 10 grand, so... Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at, like, the Chevy Bolt with a B, not a V, <laughs> because these are two separate cars. It, for those of you who don't know, the Volt is, with a V, is a hybrid, so gas and electric. The yeah. Bolt with a B is a pure electric. Yeah. Its price point starts around 40-something. After tax rebates, it ends up being around 30. Yeah, well, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, if, if Tesla can start producing... Uh, something in the lower end of like fifteen. I think to, this is a step one. Yeah, that. it's a step towards, towards it. And and I'll just be excited when that happens because what that means is that you can actually get one. Not that there's any used market really for Teslas right now, but once there, there might be. Once there is, then people like me who can't really afford brand new yeah. forty thousand dollar cars. Uh, can then get get into the into the electric market a lot easier. Alternatively, hybrids are becoming much more affordable. Like you can get used Priuses, really reasonable. Is you can true. get the Camry hybrid if you know how to bargain well enough for <laughs> in the low twenties. Yeah. Well, the nice like, thing is with everything being open source, and as more of them are produced, hopefully more dealers or models makes whatever. We'll start to be electric and it'll just become more normalized overall and then exactly. cheaper options. And, and that, the, that excites me to know. Yeah, it like, just I, might be another I'm decade. There it. is the valid criticism of electric vehicles currently, though, that they are not as green as everyone wants them to be. Part Ooh, of that uh, goes into the emissions that are coming out of the batteries. Part of them goes into our source of getting the electric to charge them. In Utah here we're pretty much entirely coal. Yeah. So using more electricity means we're just burning more coal and we're all suffocating ourselves and having higher rates of asthma. How do we fix this? Okay. You put HEPA filters. <laughs> <laughs> if only it were that easy. Just giant HEPA filters on the buildings. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the realistic way to reduce that, at least in the short term, is going nuclear. 
Are you saying we get really angry about it? You want me to Hulk out on him? That's no, gamma radiation. I, I, I want Damn us to it. build more. Uh, <laughs> want us to build more nuclear plants. Um, but the problem is, we need to build new nuclear plants using the new designs, not using the 1950s tech. So, so we don't want another <clears throat> meltdown. As we live in a very earthquake-prone region, similar to Japan. Yeah. But just not on the coast. What? <laughs> okay. So there, there is currently a a plan going around to replace the high pressure water that is currently used in most reactors with molten salt. Um, because and this, when I think molten salt, I think cool as ice. You know, I'm just going to point this out. It is kind of fitting, though, at least for Salt Lake, because we don't have a lot of water. <laughs> but we have a lot of salt. Because all of the water we have is going to the NSA facility, but we have an overload of salt. <laughs> yep. So this Because of work. all that water getting taken away to go to the, the yeah. NSA facility. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You seem a little salty about that. Uh, <laughs> huh. Yeah, yeah. Weird. Weird. Sick. Are you a salty geek? I hate myself. We're I'm so sorry. sorry, guys. Dart's going to be your host next week. I'm sure they'll have me murdered. <laughs> Woo, promotion. Okay. Um, You're so, still not getting paid. So, Hello, so, glass ceiling. <laughs> so the good news from this is that waste from a molten salt reactor would decay to safe levels in about 10 years. How okay. long does the water decay? The water? Oh, it's like 50 years or something oh, like that. Oh, gross. Yeah. So I shouldn't have been drinking uh, it. No. Why are you drinking that? <laughs> Why do you keep Where crying you into my personal life? Don't worry about it. I have a guy. Okay. So, a guy. So Stop even, saying don't worry about it. So even better, uh, the molten salt reactors that would use thorium as their fuel source would use about 100% of that fuel. So they'd even be able to generate more thorium that they could use then wow. again, which would, yeah. Well, so the our, only waste is the salt? Our, pretty much, which which very quickly becomes non-radioactive. Well, it's easier to store and transport. Like the whole radioactive waste thing with modern technology... You, we can actually take that old radioactive waste, recondition it, and reuse it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. no. So so there are a lot of people like, oh, where are we going to store this for 10,000 years? The we're Utah st- desert. We're not going to store it for 10,000 years. We're going to store it for maybe 50 years, and then people are going to go dig it up and use it as fuel again because you can. Yeah, because you can. And the there's a lot of new and exciting things with nuclear power that's coming out. And I'm all for alternate power sources. I think that we should keep studying them uh, Um, and and developing them. But in the the short term, I I have always been a big proponent of nuclear. But as long as we're not using... 30, 40 year old reactors. Okay. With, with Here's a question. I've, I've, got some, I've got some numbers about the. Well, okay, so the byproduct of the current nuclear reactors yeah. is mostly steam in the short term from the cooling. What does salt produce? Nothing. Really? Okay, yeah. so so the, mol- the molten salt would still be heating up steam, but it, but the salt would be in a closed loop. Hmm. So it generate heat, but not steam. Well, no, the steam. You'd still be running it through a water area, hmm. um, just less water. Yeah, yeah. So, so the current, the way that a current plant works is that you've got the pool where you've got your rods heating mm-hmm. up the water, and that water is under pressure, mm-hmm. and that water goes into another building that heats up water there. Okay, so so the water coming from the pool always stays in a constant loop. Yeah. Okay. And in a different building, there is a big coil of, of, you know, of that piping. And that heats up a different pool. That heat drives a steam turbine. And that's where you're getting the energy from. Okay. The steam turbine. Right. You're using hot water to steam to turn other water uh, into steam. steam. Right. Okay. Instead of using uh, coal fire. So this cuts out the first part of the water, but you do still have that steam byproduct. You still have that steam byproduct, but that steam byproduct is not radioactive. It's just just water. It's less on the radioactive and more with, like, the West Coast, us included, in the drought. Right, but it requires a lot less water. Yeah. It actually Um, requires less water than coal-fired plants, if I'm... If I have my facts right, I'm yeah, it, not. I, have, I read that a long time ago. Yeah, no, hmm. actually, actually, coal plants are actually super bad. They're actually, um, if you've got a coal stack near you, you're actually getting a lot more radioactive fallout than you would if you lived in the shadow of a nuke plant. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So all of us right near uh, North uh, yeah, Salt Lake. Yeah, oh, yeah, all of us, all of you guys in North <laughs> Salt Lake, uh, including me, where I work. You know, we get yeah, where I live, uh, also North, I work too. North Salt Lake, south with Provo. Yeah. Um, as, Yay. 
Well, you can always transport the power from water-rich areas to water-poor areas. Thanks, Rocky Mountain Power. Yay! <laughs> right? Yeah, so ba- basically as far as, like, you know, renewables, last year uh, wind supplied about 4.13% of the power in the United States. Solar provided 0.23%. Um, nuclear supplied about 19%. Jeez. Um, yeah. Yeah, the rest well, was coal and and the, the thing. The, well, hydro, coal, combination little bit, of everything. Little bit of geothermal. The not big, much. The big catch twenty two right now, at least as far as with renewables goes, and this is a constant battle, is in order to manufacture the equipment necessary to produce quote renewable energy, you have to do quite a lot of polluting i mean oh, well, okay. uh, solar cells for, for, being yeah. a, a gold standard in using toxic chemical yeah. processes in order to make <clears throat> solar cells yeah there, there are ways to do it cleaner but basically you get a lot less efficient stuff and it's a lot less commercially viable yeah okay so well another interesting thing is you know according to nasa despite the three major nuclear accidents um which is you know chernobyl and fukushima um all of which were very old power plants. Yes. Uh, well, well, Chernobyl wasn't old. old. Quote unquote. Just poorly made. No, Chernobyl was okay. The problem, what what happened at Chernobyl is that there was supposed to be a test, and the test got delayed, and so a different crew was going to be end up running the test, and they didn't know oh, exactly what was going on. Oh, there was just like the miscommunication. There was miscommunication, and stuff kept going wrong, mm-hmm. and then once once stuff kept had started going wrong. Basically, the wrong people were informed. They didn't know what to do. They didn't catch it, it quick enough. And it snowballed, and then they had a reactor meltdown. And something very similar actually happened happened at Fukushima, where they had, you know, there was the tsunami, which was awful. But then, again, they didn't immediately shut it down. They didn't scram the control rods. They tried to keep it operational. Somebody made a decision that was bad, and basically, you know, again, it kept bad things kept happening so yep. there there needs to be a you know when stuff goes wrong turn it off yeah just turn it off like you, a light switch you can start it again later yeah the the it's all pretty much passive cooling you don't have to pressurize yeah. water in order to keep yeah, cooling up you don't have to that, that's, keep that's, water moving over coils you in just order submerge to keep, the rods keep everything going. <laughs> yeah well so yeah so that's the that's the main benefit about the salt is the salt won't have to be kept at high pressure so you won't have to have all that, you know, well, cooling, machinery, cooling machinery running all the time. The newer designs basically have the control rods above. Yeah. Um, and in case power goes out or they have some something go wrong, um, these the control rods will just drop onto the fuel rods. Yeah. Or, or not drop onto them, but in between them. Yeah. Mm. Uh, which will absorb, you know most of the radiation which will prevent them from heating up each other and heating up the surrounding area which lets everything cool off which then prevents meltdowns that makes sense so so again the problem is we need to stop using 1950s reactors <laughs> we need to use the new ones and, okay and and back and back to the point i was going to say despite those nuclear accidents um, according to NASA, nukes, ha, nuclear power has prevented an average of over 1.8 million net deaths because of not using coal plants. Between what air quality, work accidents, just all the byproducts of yeah, yeah. work well, accidents, you know, mining the idea accidents. That right. Coal is safer, but really in the long term, yeah, well, for one coal mining is one of the production. most dangerous things you can do. Right. Not to mention the amount of people it takes to run a nuclear plant compared to everything that goes into gathering coal, transporting coal, using coal adds up. Here in Utah, we have a, you know, an entire train company that does nothing but bring coal from point A to point B. Well, we have the, our government just passed the thing so that they could build their own port out in California to ship coal overseas. Like, it's a huge thing out here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys know what, uh, you guys know what coal's really good at being used to, used to make? Diamonds? Weapons. Oh. <laughs> yes. And when we come back, we're going to we're going to dive into that. We're going to talk about using the blood of your enemies to forge a long sword to use against 
more of your enemies. To make Yay! more swords. <laughs> I got nerd sniped, so. He did. Uh, and we're also probably going to talk about LARP weapons, because we're all big LARP nerds. Or up-and-coming LARP Darts, nerds. Darts, an up-and-coming LARP nerd. We'll see. He- I could crash and burn. You could. You could. Yep. And then I then would use your would blood kill me. to forge a knife. Oh, oh. you're going to be killed a lot. Oh. A lot. That's what you signed on for. Yeah, it's just like my prom. Yep. And after this break, we're going to go George R. R. Martin on his ass. Phrasing? <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> Perfect. Hey guys, breaking news. Breaking news. We just found out during the break. Dart has some amazing, life-changing, universe-altering news that he has to share with all See, of us. See, after this build-up, I'm just going to sound like a jackass for being excited about this. <laughs> You're welcome. So, I love bad puns, and it turns out so does Freddie Prince Jr., because me and a handful of other people are making some bad puns related to the recent Rebels season finale, and he joined in and liked our tweets, and I'm just kind of schoolgirling a little bit because I love him. And for those of you who were born in the 90s, Freddie Prince Jr. was a te- was a movie star. I was born in the he, 90s. He still is, kind of. Wow, way to He's kill He's doing joke, more guys. voice acting. <laughs> yeah. He's awesome. Look him up. What still married to Sharon Michelle Gellar. Uh, he plays Kanan Jarrus in Rebels. There we go. He's, He's also Iron Bull in Dragon Age Inquisition. He's still relevant, and he's funny. My mind is blown. Yeah, that's would, right. What? Mock me. I wouldn't even have thought... No, I'm, I'm genuinely that, mind blown. His genuine voice sounds super sarcastic, and his super sarcastic voice sounds really genuine. That it's is true. confusing. It never turns off. I don't know how to fix it. I'm being super genuine right now. All right. I have a problem. Nothing is real. It's April Fool's. Who knows? That's true. <laughs> I forgot. I didn't. Oh, if only I had some sort of buffer to hit you with. Some sort of, say, weapon? Maybe for a LARP, perhaps? Yeah? There's that one. Or, and that one, and that one. There's probably like five within reach where we yeah, are, but... A five? whole bunch behind uh, the backdrop. You know, I was anti-hyperbullying. Try again. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with that. It's all right. Final answer. Final answer. Hyperbullying. Anti-hyperbullying. Anti-hyperbullying. Now, here in the Room of Doom, we got weapons aplenty... We got knickknacks, and I don't remember the stupid lyrics to that song. Help me out, Jez. Is it Little Mermaid? Thank you. So you want thingamabobs? I got twenty. Stop. Do you twenty <laughs> thingamabobs? Look at what you you've know done. She's Seventeen. <laughs> she should not be playing with thingamabobs. Hey, everyone's got to explore their sexuality at some point. <laughs> Seventeen is a fairly reasonable age compared to some. Including me. Good to know. Also, she's half fish on that side, so... Yeah, I was wondering that about... Don't wonder too hard about it, just... (laughs) Okay, you know what? I'll tell you what. If I get enough email requests to have mermaid physiology as a main topic... I will force these guys to, to talk to about talk their merginas. Oh, I will totally do that. And, and merpeen? Mernis? Merpeens. Murdicks? Murdicks. I'm going to edit I'm this out. This is going to make so Aquaman <laughs> awkward. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Aquaman. Oh, no. It'll be fine. Jason Momoa. Okay. Yeah, you can't go wrong no matter what you do. Have you seen him shirtless? Uh-huh. Haven't. Is How, it possible to have not seen That's him shirtless? That's true. He usually is shirtless, which I would <laughs> I be too the, if I looked like that. Am I the only one thinking about the Batmetal song? What? <laughs> yes, what? I forgot about I'm just daydreaming Mermaid-er. about Jason Momoa. <laughs> she Mermaid-er, is too. Anyway. Anyway. What were we talking about? Forging a sword from the blood of my enemies. Right. That's why I was going to stab you. Hey. <laughs> you're just violent. Oh. Okay. So I was perusing the social media today. Oh. And I ran across a post uh, talking about how many enemies it would take to actually forge a sword from the iron in their blood. Turns out, the whatever shit post image mem that I found on my Facebook, <clears throat> social media, was 
Correct. About 400 adult males. He was wondering if the math was correct, and of course this is the sort of question that, like, nerd snipes me, and by that I mean my brain won't shut up about it until I, <laughs> until I actually give it a real answer. I'm not going to say that was my 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 point. Just trying to keep him up at night. It. But yeah. that was totally his goal. Yeah. Yeah. Totally my goal. Well, look, luckily the medical literature was relatively easy to peruse. There are about 400 grams of iron per person. Mind you, that's not just in their blood, that's their whole body, so you'd have to be perfectly extracting it somehow. Like Magneto in X2. Yeah, yep. okay, that could work. Um, wow. Or, or uh, I like it. if you or, have mag- magnet powers. I was thinking or, or of just throwing them into read, smelters. Or if any of you have read the Mistborn trilogy, or if you're Ooh. into yeah. Avatar. I was going to say the bloodbending. Bloodbending. Yeah. So there are ways. Okay. Okay. <laughs> if you get magical about it. If, yeah. if you get all the iron out of somebody, I'll leave, I'll leave that up to, you know, your... Creativity. The prosecuting attorney. The prosecuting attorney. <laughs> that also. Um, you can, if you have about 400 people, you will, you know, 400 adult males who are your enemies and they're of average size, you will end up with, you know, 1,600 grams of iron, which is about 3.5 pounds. How much does the average sword weigh? Um, the about average long sword. 3.5 pounds. No, the average long, well, lo- Average long sword is about 2.723.5, so you'll have one on the heavier end. Round which, to the tens well, place. Which, which, allows you, which allows you to, you know, lose some material when you're forging. And also, we're talking pure iron. You're not going to have a pure iron sword. You are going yeah, to need, treat it, turn it to steel, add carbon. I know, it's blood iron. I feel like that's stronger than normal iron. That's like saying meteors are special because they're from space. Uh, name one anime that hasn't proven that. Since when do animes Or on High School things? Host Club. Point done. Point well done. Yeah. Now somebody please kill me with that sword because <laughs> I had to think of kiss, that kiss anime. No, no, no. no. Stop it. Stop. I have our okay. Nerf guns. <laughs> All right. Somewhere around here, there was a light blue jacket. I feel I should be wearing. <laughs> So fine. I need to cut off all my hair. If you're blood alloying or whatever. Blood alloying. I don't know the technical term for forging with blood iron. Uh, Forging? That sounds made up. Blood forging. (laughs) That sounds made up. It's cooler if you add blood to it. I'm allergic to forging? Ooh, I like that. However you're going about this nightmare scenario, you can in fact, you, you will have enough iron for your purposes. Yes. So really you could make two swords out of this. If you kill 400 people. Is this just the Possibly. blade or is this also the hilt? This is blade, hilt, well, all that stuff. And I'm, I'm, The, the I'm handle assuming... would, of course, be made from the bones of my enemies. And, and I'm assuming you're going to wrap it in, you know, the skin. The, right, the skin leather. Tan yeah, leather. It'll, yeah. be a, it'll be a total berserk as, fest out there. As, as, as long as you're Put going some scalps on the end as tassels. Yeah. So, so, you know, uh, barbarian warlord no. characters. And uh, we also determined that you also need carbon to forge... Well, yeah, but that's... Guess what people are made out of. Yeah, that's a lot easier <laughs> to get out of people. Yes. Water and carbon. Water and carbon. So I could use the water to quench the sword, too. There we go. <gasps> could this oh be God, like a thing do... where you yeah, make a sword out of using all the parts of a person? Well, you don't want to be wasteful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the pommel can be their uh, their eyeballs. We can put that... Uh, or that, gallstones. That, that might get... <laughs> no. Gallstones. You, you turn the skin into the leather to wrap right. the handle with. We'll yeah. pass that. And then you can use, like, hair to do your inlays. And, like, if they have glasses, we're just going to use that for, like, so the So, I, I don't know these parts. people. <laughs> so, if this was a blood sword, Ideas. would there be blood grooves He's saying that while Ooh. being locked in a tiny room with us. It's true. It's don't worry. True. There's not enough of us to make a sword out of, so we're safe. No, but we could... Possibly make a throwing star. Considering that I'm better with a spear than I am with a sword, uh, spearheads don't require that much metal. Yeah, but a spear made out of the blood of your enemies doesn't have the same feeling to it. No? Well, fear me and my epic spear. Uh. The spear of a legend. What are you, a dragoon? (laughs) Oh, now I'm sad. Good. Why did you get that? (laughs) Uh, For those of you who can't see, which is everyone, Drake now has a wooden katana. We don't know where it's he got Vulcan. it. Vulcan. Yes. Well, for people who I know don't where know he what got it, is. it. He probably got it from FYE in 2002. Wow, it actually looks like it. Like, it was painted black, and that thing is chipped I'm out. I'm on it right now. But regardless, <laughs> he's threatening Dart with it. Oh. <laughs> who are you? Me? <laughs> what did I do? I don't know. 
Look at you. You started singing songs from Oran High School. Dude, I was singing from Annie earlier. I will start again. <laughs> not better. So, um... Speaking about weapons that, that are not made out of people. That's that's a real sword. We're really not that messed up. I promise, guys, uh, we, we wouldn't actually do that. It'd be too hard to get away with. It would be too... Uh, I mean... How about that Clearly, them several people here have put thought into it. Shut up. So, weapons that we do use more often. We actually kind of touched on this in the last episode uh, about our mine and Drake's terrifying blowguns of doom. Oh, they're so much fun, but they suck. <laughs> no, they blow. Yeah, that's ah. right. So, in, 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 in uh, a couple of the LARPs that me and Drake have played, we uh, have used characters who had blowguns. Now, in order to construct these blowguns and make them safe for LARP, we used, uh, is it quarter-inch PVC, 80 schedule? Uh, I think it was half-inch, and then our new ones are three-quarter-inch. New ones are three-quarter-inch for Mega Darts. Yeah, 80 schedule PVC cut to about three feet length. Actually, yeah. a little shorter on the smaller ones. Oh, we're just um, firing Nerf darts out of these things. Yeah, and you fire the Whistler Nerf darts out of them. Because it creeps out your opponents. And they yeah. also fly better. And terrify your enemies with your 20 darts a minute. It's also uh, worth noting they're usually in ghillie suits and hiding in bushes. Yeah. So So I have a really fun story about this that I'm going to tangent with. Please. This is when I was running a LARP campaign, I don't know, was it four or five years ago? Yeah. And I had this brilliant idea. I reached out to the Ampgard and Belgarth groups in the local (laughs) area and... We did this huge thing where they came and NPC'd for me. Ampgard and Belagarth groups being hardcore foam fighting yeah. societies. And this was at the time really a fantasy. lightest touch LARP. So when everyone went to lunch, they all arrived and me and the rest of the plot team debriefed them, got everyone on board with what was going on. And everyone comes back from lunch and they're walking around going, oh, did another LARP group show up? Like, that's weird. I guess they're going to play here, too. But it was a huge park, so it wasn't a big deal until they see myself and (laughs) the rest of the plot team over there standing on the table giving a big lecture to everyone. I got super duper giddy when I got back from lunch, not going to lie. He got giddy. (laughs) Like a schoolboy. I had one person walk on the event because they were so upset that that many people showed up out of nowhere. (laughs) And I had other people complaining because they were going to be hard hitters and all this other stuff. And... (laughs) Like, before anything even broke out. But what was really fun, so we had this kind of war scenario going on where there was these three separate teams. And these two, Ian and Drake, were playing their rogue characters that were hiding with their nerf darts. So you Actually have, hiding. Yeah. Not, not actually hiding. Not hiding. Actually like, hiding. Yeah. Sitting in the not bushes. See them. Homemade ghillie suits. Yeah. So you had these big seasoned heavy, hardcore fighters that were there (laughs) fighting. And then all of a sudden, you'd see a blow dart or just these little nerf darts. Or you'd hear it. (laughs) Go past them. They'd hear it. They didn't know what the hell it was. And they'd panic and run. Yep. Some of them ran screaming. And it was so funny to watch. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, no, you're you're supposed to be the big intimidating guys. Please, please come back. Yeah, they hear (laughs) And then they're like, oh, shit, what is that? Oh, my gosh. And they run away. Yep. It, and it was great because, like, our, you know, our friends in our, would form a battle line and the, you know, Belgarth and Ampgard <laughs> guys would form a battle line against them. And the two of us would be off in the bushes to the side. They had no idea we were there. A couple shrieking darts later, their battle line is falling apart because they think they're surrounded. <laughs> it's you know. true. Or uh, another tactic that we like to use uh, was I was uh, built more defensively so I could handle more combat than uh, Drake who was built uh, uh, as a medic, essentially. (laughs) So what would happen is I would walk out onto the road, point my my dart, my blowgun at them. They would all turn at me, raise their shields, and then Drake would take them from behind with his blow darts. Because I was still hiding in the bushes, and they had no idea where I was. So, yeah, that was good times. We ended up taking down entire 15-man lines of... Yeah. Of Belgarth and Amptgard fighters. Pretty much just the two of us. W- without getting within 15 feet of any of them. Oh, man. Good times. Good times. Yeah, that, was, that was a good one. Yeah, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of really interesting kind of weapons that you can do for LARP. I think a lot of people, uh, when they hear about LARP, they think about, you know, the, the big Belgarth, 
Dagahir, Ampgard, Dig Swords <laughs> that just are f- essentially fun noodle on, on a stick, which is super safe for that kind of fighting. Well, or the horrible looking duct tape weapons that horrible which looking we have duct tape complained weapons. about in the past. I'll, I'll actually point out that the current uh, Belagarth and Ampgard They are getting stuff, a lot better. They are getting a lot better. Uh, fun noodle is not allowed to use, and you're not allowed to use that anymore because it breaks down too fast. Yeah, yeah they, so, changed, they changed the formula a number of years back on the fun noodle. They and changed no, it, it to break well. down faster, and the large theory is because LARPers were using it. Yeah. They uh, didn't want that happening. From my understanding, this is hearsay. Um, I think it was Mattel was actually sending cease and desist letters to Amptgard, Belagarth, Dagahir. Really? Large LARPs. Um, <clears throat> telling them to quit using their product and quit advertising their product as, uh, as, a, as a construction material. Now, like I said, this is hearsay. I was not a part mm. of the leadership of any of those groups during that time, so I can't corroborate that. Um, uh, th- there's actually some rumors going around right now that Ozark, uh, Ozark Trail, mm. the guys who make the camp mats that a lot of us use, yeah, the have also um, camp mats. Yeah, if if you disavowed. You know, yeah, if you, well, if you used to go to a Walmart, you could pick up these camp pads for you know three four dollars. Yeah, but yeah, they're it's becoming about ten right now. They, yeah. they are very hard to find now, actually. Really? It, yeah, they've been vanishing. Huh. Um, a lot of places aren't carrying them anymore, and the you know current theory is is that they found out that you know they were using <laughs> them to build you know safe weapons and beat each other with them, but because See? these guys are terrified of a lawsuit coming out of nowhere. I mean, we're not using it for their intended purposes, so there's no liability there, and it's selling their products. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I I think the biggest, at least in areas where there are these groups the biggest sellers for fun noodle was crafters especially places that don't have a lot of like lakes rivers pools that sort of thing yeah i mean i know i i was one of these guys and i knew people who would buy in bulk cases of fun noodle Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, hundreds of dollars at a time because once they come on sale during the summer, you want to stock up for the year, right? Um, just them just kind of shooting themselves in the foot. But I don't know. I I, I feel like it kind of helped push tech forward. Yep. Well, uh, in, using, in the community, uh... it helped uh, bring like plasti dip, uh, micro cell, closed cell foam production to the forefront, and which is also helping beautify the weapons and mm-hmm. make them from being, you know, cloth-covered dick swords to actual, like, nice-looking, really well-made weapons now. Yeah. Right? And I think that's and, a good thing. And, and even, even some of the Belagarth weapons are starting to look a lot better. Uh, the place in Belagarth that's really starting to look good is the Shields. Yeah. Yes. Um, oh, my Shield God. Shop out of uh, Washington is making really good stuff. Is that uh, their Acorn? website, Shield Shop? Dot com or re- let me check that. Check that out. I want to plug them because they do some really good work. And, yeah, and there's Acorn, some, some Acorn good is friends. good folks. But I, I think that's a I think that's a big boon to the community as a whole. Mm-hmm. Looks like shield-shop.com. Shield-shop.com. Yeah, check them out. Yeah, and that's the kind of stuff that we're starting to see now. Yeah, those are pretty. Yep. And, and those are Belagarth safe, so you can use those basically as weapons and to punch people. They are so durable. Yeah. Like, you can have someone 300 pounds shield kick you while you're holding this. You're going to have to worry about your wrist more than you're going to have to worry about your shield. Yeah. Often you're well, getting that... shield kicked. In Belgarth, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Belgarth, Dagahir as well. Yeah, da- uh, yeah Dagahir allows shield kicking. That's why their weapons are so robust. They allow mm-hmm. such I... heavy contact. Actually, one of our local fighters here in Utah um, <laughs> is... <coughs> his name is Feet. His fighting name is Feet. Mm-hmm. And... He doesn't actually have legs. Well, he's got partial legs, but no, yeah. he, he has no feet. He actually <laughs> uses one of uh, Shield Shop's shields as a uh, crutch on the field. Yeah, to That's make his amazing. way around. Yeah, <clears throat> that guy's pretty awesome. Yes. What other interesting weapons have you guys seen that that you you make note of? I know we talked a little bit about batlets last time. <laughs> yeah, uh, that. Jez is making a face I'm, right now. It's pretty. It's pretty hilarious. It, I have. It was designed after a batleth. It was about five times the size of one. It was almost four feet long. Jeez. I and have trouble calling it an actual batleth, but it was a cool weapon. It, and it, it was, was unwieldy as all. It, it was also heavier than a real steel one would have been. Oh god. Oh yeah. So it was. It was quite unwieldy and hard to use. But it looked cool. It looked amazing. 
I still um, want to make a chain whip. A chain whip. Find there, a way to make a LARP safe one. There are ways to do it depending on uh, depending on the rules of the group that you're getting into. Um, I was a big fan of my pole flail. Pole oh flails. Oh my god. Band and amped guard, Belagarth, Dagger here, any any uh, fighting community because they are just super OP. Yeah. Especially once you get really good with them like I did. Yeah. I'm pretty certain those are going to be banned in Utah LARP. There's Aww. skill on a stick and then you add skill to them and then they just become just super OP. <laughs> super OP. <laughs> on the plus side, that flail building technique was some of the safest weapons that I have ever seen to the point where at one point I had Jez <laughs> make a little safety video that consisted basically of her just hitting me in the face as hard as she could. That was your flail, not your pole flail. It's the same you construction. Yeah, same you... construction, but difference is a flail is easier <laughs> to actually control where you're aiming than mm. the pole flail. Because I actually got injured by someone else using your pole flail. And I'm not going to name names, but everyone <laughs> knows who this was. Yeah. New player, did not know how to fight, borrowed a weapon... I was hit in the face three times in five minutes, and that was the last they were allowed to use that. Well, that's another topic, really, is um, exotic type weapons like you need a special nerf proficiency dart. with <laughs> <laughs> with nerf dart blowguns. I would say even standard arrow and bow. Yeah, uh, at least you know I'd even say down to the the most conservative poundages, people who only allow toy bows and stuff like that under ten pounds. So uh, you know, having high standards. And then having uh, a lot of oversight with management, I mm -hmm. think, is very Like some sort of, like, test that you're cleared to use this weapon safely kind it, of thing. Exactly. And that's one thing that I know I was planning on implementing. And one thing comes down really interesting with bows. I don't see a lot of games doing this, and I wish more would, have a minimum pound. Yes. Because if you are under 25 pounds of draw, you are more likely to hurt someone with a offer arrow whether you're using idv or homemade or whatever than if you were using 25 to 35 the yeah. reason being it's not going fast enough it's going to flip up and hit someone in the face instead My, of bounce off the way i think about bows is the same way i think about knives a sharp knife is a safe knife and a mm -hmm. bow that operates effectively is a safer bow so if you're using a crappy unreliable low poundage bow with bad arrows you're going to hurt somebody. Yep. Straight up. I've been hurt many times by those bows. I luckily have not been uh, unwise enough to use them myself, mm -hmm. but I've seen them implemented in what now? Gosh, how long have I been harping? A decade. Just say a decade. Years. I was going to say, I've been doing it for seven or eight years this year, so. I think I'm at 13. Oh my now. God, it's April 1st. It's my LARP anniversary. Yay. April Fools! No, it's not. You've never LARPed before. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's a lie. It's all been a dream. <laughs> oh God, what is wrong with my dreams? <laughs> so, I like playing an archer. I'm pretty good with a bow and arrow. And there is one person we play with on a regular basis who for some reason, anytime I aim at him, I can be aiming for his head, <laughs> and I am still going to hit him in the crotch every single time, crotch and he magnet. never wears a cup. I'm going with uh, unconscious bias. Yeah. Yeah. I adore this guy, by the way, but it's still funny. Universe wants him sterile. I had... Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, besides bows, like there's a lot of LARPs that don't use real bows. They use spell packets which are little squares filled with bird seed that are tied up. Um, which don't fire anything like an arrow. No, they and, don't. And, and they use, like, padded PVC pipe kind of shaped into a bow. And some people are like, oh, it's safer. And some people are like, look, we'd love to use real bows, but the parks we play at don't let us, which sucks. What can you do? But another thing that kind of goes with that is, like, spears and pole arms. A lot of the national games have a limit of, like, five feet long. Yeah, for which, a, a quote-unquote polearm, which is not a polearm. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's not even the size of a decent longsword. You you can kind of use a spear at that length, but you can't use a polearm. Yeah. And I get that, you know, it's LARP fighting. We fight differently than it, we would when it's real. Yeah, because we don't want to kill people. I need something that's taller than me if I'm going to say it's a polearm. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and I think the the big thing there is they see the polearm and they think, 
there's a lot of leverage on a polearm, which is true. Yeah. It's very true. There is a lot of leverage on a polearm. Especially if you're the, doing the full 45-degree swing that right. they require every single, every single time. time. But having played in so many different LARPs and, and in, in battle games, societies that, that are battle like, like Amgard and Belagarth, mm-hmm. where having a seven-foot-long polearm is totally cool, uh, as long as you build to standard. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the thing about having a lot of leverage is you can put a lot of foam at the end of that polearm in order to absorb the force. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's a mass uh, question, too. Most polearms have a large metal head at the end of them, giving them mass at the end of their arc. Mm-hmm. Real uh, polearms. Real polearms. Not, no, not LARPy polearms. <laughs> now these LARP ones. <laughs> Whereas if the only thing you have at the end of your polearm is a light foam head, you're not really going to get a lot of force out of that. So I think a properly constructed... There's one right behind me. Drake's been staring at it. Seven foot long polearm. Is that only seven foot? I no, thought that one 11. was ten. Oh, it's eleven? Yeah, that one's eleven feet long. Eleven foot long polearm <laughs> can be just as safe or safer than a three foot long oh, yeah. my, my, uh, one-headed sword. Oh, I would my, happily get hit by that any day. My Belagarth spear is eight feet long, just over eight feet long. Just over. And it is one of the safest weapons I own properly used you know mm-hmm. it's, properly it's, used. it's not yes. a slashing weapon everything has it's properly used uh, um, and it's got courtesy padding where it needs courtesy padding it's got handle yeah. where it needs handle now, I think now I, the the best the best thing about it it as a belagarth weapon it's pretty ugly <laughs> yeah, okay. bello, yeah. It, it is pretty ugly but i'm a big guy if i put all you know 290 pounds of me into a full-on stab on you you're not going to get a bruise from this thing you will be knocked over onto the grass yeah but you're not going to get you won't get a bruise from this thing. Yeah. And that's at full contact. I yeah, mean, that's, that's I, full I've contact. I've used this thing in, 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 I call them thwap LARPs or, or lighter touch LARPs. Uh, as you know, as long as you're, as I'm not putting all oh, yeah. 190 pounds of me into it, I'm not going to hurt anybody. And I think with a good proper rule set, a good construction guide behind them, you can actually incorporate these kinds of weapons into your games. We also are speaking, not necessarily from a lightest touch perspective, because, We've all played, well, three of us have played the heavier games, <laughs> but mostly what we play, I would call medium. Yeah. Or yeah. medium or, leaning towards heavy. We are certainly not latest touch. That's why I call them thwap. Yeah. We're not, we're not really medium. We're just, our, our swords kind of make a thwapping sound when we hit each other, but we're not thunking each other. The, yeah. There's the force behind it that you can feel it through armor, but you are not. <laughs> no one's getting knocked down. Yeah. 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 Uh, do you have something else, Rick? I would just say, well, you know. Again, again, with the polearms and other like unique weapons, some games don't allow hooking with certain weapons, axes or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I have seen weapons built where it's totally safe and okay to do that. Here's the thing: it's not most of the games that don't allow hooking. They don't do it for safety reasons. They do it because it gives you an unfair advantage that isn't statistically represented on your character sheet. Yeah. That's their reason. And that's right. that's a conversation yeah. also for, <laughs> yeah. for yeah. a whole other podcast. A lot of us lean more towards WYSIWYG. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, mostly as far as combat goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can get into more rules theory, I think, on another episode. Yeah. Uh, I'd say if, if you guys out there want to hear more about our rules series, we have some pretty unique perspectives uh we have a lot of experience in this room three of us from the full no your experience is valuable because you don't have 13 years of experience behind you and you can come at it from a from a more outsider perspective i did a lot of spinning kicks a lot of spinning you're not supposed to do those not supposed to do those dart is also unique because well like he said he's been to two larp events and then he volunteered to To be main plot plot for an upcoming larp (laughs) so well you know that because i'm a masochist masochist but yeah drop us a line guys uh Enter it into the comment section. Uh, send us a line at saltygeekpodcast at gmail.com. I want to hear about what people think about their uh, their current game's rule sets. Yeah. What's allowed, what's restricted. I want to hear your stories about unique weapons. I am always down to learn about unique what's weapons. What's the most unique weapon that you've made, that you've used, that you've seen? Uh, yeah, or, or even that you'd want to see made safe stuff yeah. like that um give I, ian a challenge of something to make yeah, give monofilament whip monofilament whip god damn it come on monofilament only means that there is a single strand yeah so help me make a larp safe one i did already make one it's just pool noodle 
<laughs> it is a single that is a huge filament. <laughs> it didn't say how small the, the filament. I, I, guess I, I, just I twine. actually, I actually have seen. Yeah, so I, I saw somebody make one of these that was basically just a single piece of thread. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what you could use is the um, pipe insulation, but like the small half inch, just. <laughs> Tape that up together so it's going to be about an inch thick, and then you have an actual whip. Yeah, I I, I basically <laughs> saw somebody doing this with. That'll hurt with, like hell. It, it wasn't thread; it was That's yarn. Flop. It was it was just a long piece of bright orange yarn. Well, and as far as oh, whip goes, and if, it, and if it touched you, you died. Oh I, god! I, I have seen LARP safe cat of nine tails. It exists. Yeah. Oh man! The problem with those, you have to be careful because you have to whip it and whip it good. No 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 no! It's not too late. All right, guys, I'm going to put a bullet in this thing. <laughs> uh, are, are you going to turn this into a sword, too? Yes. Okay. I'm going to turn this whole thing into a sword. You've heard it here. Ian is going to kill us all. Oh, God, help. Don't worry. <laughs> when a problem comes along, Stop telling me we'll not to worry. It. You have met me. I worry. Hey, guys. Yeah. Hey. Hi. You ready? Ready to put a bullet in this? No. Yes. It's time to say goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye now. Bye. 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 Put down the sword, Bye. Drake. No. Being held against my Drake. will. <laughs>